Welcome to the very first episode of BizDev Quest, the podcast about video games, business people, and their quest for success. I'm your host, Gianpaolo Vernocchi. Uh, I am the co-founder and creative director at DestinyBit, which is a small indie studio from Italy that in 2018 released Empires Apart, which is a free-to-play, old-school, uh, real-time strategy game inspired by the classics such as uh, Age of Empires 2, Empire Earth, and all that good stuff. And uh, last year, I had the, the idea of making a podcast about uh, the business of video games, but more importantly, about the people in it. Uh, I'm a lover of, of long conversations, long-form conversation, uh, and I really like to pick people's brains about uh, issues that I find interesting. Uh, and I met a lot of very interesting people in this industry. And, and so what I, wanted to, what I wanted to do is basically create a space uh, where I could have uh, conversations uh, with people that are trying to make it in the, in the business of video games. Because making video games is getting easier and easier, uh, but making successful video games is getting harder and harder. Uh, and so uh, that is really interesting to me. Uh, and uh, I really want to learn about uh, everybody's quest. Where are they in their quest? Uh, what are they doing in order to, uh, you know, reach uh, their, their objectives, reach uh, success and all of that. Today's guest is Xavier Liard. He is the CEO and co-founder of Playdigis. Playdigis is a French publisher, uh, mostly known as a premium uh, publisher on mobile. Uh, they publish titles such as Dead Cells on mobile, and uh, they are now expanding uh, onto other platforms as well. But what is interesting about Xavier's quest is that Playdigis is not the only company he co-founded. He is also the co-founder of .emu, uh, which specializes in modern releases of uh, beloved retro games uh, on PC, mobile, and consoles. Uh, and it was really interesting to hear how .emu started and how eventually uh, it was sold. And uh, that was basically uh, the spawn of Playdigis. Uh, and it was also very interesting to hear about another company he co-founded, uh, which was AdTrial. Uh, AdTrial was a digital advertising company that uh, specialized in sort of like interactive ads uh, where you can try a game uh, from within the ad, which is something that nowadays is pretty common. Uh, and back then, uh, they were um, some of the very first companies that were uh, pioneering this. Xavier is a family man. Uh, it was interesting to hear about how uh, that changed his approach to business or how that uh, affected his uh, decisions. And uh, this podcast is full of tips for uh, new entrepreneurs. Uh, every now and then, Xavier just straight up stops and be like, if you're a new guy or if, if I can give you uh, a, a suggestion, do this. And, and that, was, that was very, very cool. We also touched towards the end on Apple Arcade, and he gave some very interesting information on how Apple Arcade is affecting his business uh, and the business of, of people around him. So this was an amazing conversation. I had a blast talking with Xavier. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I encourage everybody uh, to provide feedback because this is my first foray in the world of podcasting. Um, obviously, I'm a lover of podcasts myself, uh, but this is the first time I am behind the microphone, so to speak. Please share your thoughts uh, on Twitter at BizDevQuest. 
And you can find myself on Twitter as well, at Vernocchi. That's my last name. If you want to get in touch, you can use either channels. Uh, please let me know what you think about uh, the audio quality, what you think about the, the conversation we had, and what you would like to see uh, discussed in future episodes. Um, this is uh, going to be a guest-centric podcast. So uh, every, every episode is going to have a new guest. Uh, somebody that I met through the years in this industry. Uh, and hopefully every episode is uh, going to provide you with uh, an insight on somebody who is on a quest, uh, trying to make it in this industry, uh, and perhaps uh, shed some light on some aspects of this industry uh, that are not that well known, that are not ever spoken outside of maybe parties and stuff like that. And uh, hopefully this podcast is going to be a way for uh, people in the industry to talk shop, to just have fun, you know, sharing what they're doing uh, and how their quest is going. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right, Xavier. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you very much for inv inviting me. No problem. No problem. Uh, you and I uh, met this year uh, in Pisa at an event that was organized by ISV called First Playable. Um, I guess it's our um, attempt uh, as an Italian industry to, um, you know, gather gather our forces and uh, uh, put them in front of publishers and stuff like that. How was the event for you? Yeah, honestly, it was not uh, an event I uh, initially planned to go, but um, I mean, I would say, yes, why not? Uh, it's an opportunity to meet some developer that we don't usually meet in some uh, in some event. And um, and also, yeah, Pisa is a very nice city. And then say, and I think it yeah, the timing was good. And, um, and yeah, and it was in the end, it was a very, very nice event. Has been, um, uh, I got a very pleasant surprise. Um, also, we got a pretty nice dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, very impressive. Good, good. I'm glad that uh, you had a good experience. Um, obviously, uh, you are the uh, CEO of Playdigis. Uh, Playdigis is mostly known um, as a mobile publisher. Uh, one thing that was very interesting for me. Um, uh, Playtages has been um, active for about five years at this point, uh, but uh, you uh, co-founded uh, Playtages with um, you gotta you gotta excuse my pronunciation. I'm sorry, Romain Tesserand. Yep, that's it. Yeah, uh, and uh, he was also your co-founder at Dot Emu, uh, and you guys have been working together for uh, what now? It's like twelve years almost. Uh, that's a very long relationship. Uh, how did you guys meet? Yeah, good question. So, um, back in um, back in uh, in school in college, uh, we kind of um, used to know together. We, we we met in engineering school basically, and um, uh, Roma was was working on some uh, emulation software emulation tools um, that let people play directly in a web browser for. Um, um, some kind of Sega um, Master System or uh, um, uh, SNES uh, mm -hmm. and um, all this kind of stuff. And on my side, I was kind of more interesting into um, entrepreneurship. Um, 
and um, I kind of work on a on a startup launch uh, when I, I, I were a student. Uh, so the startup name uh, that I changed to Influence right now, but before that it was RTGI. Um, it was an, an kind of um, so the, the idea was to uh, have some tool to analyze the, um, the relationship between brand and website and to create some kind of, of a map mm-hmm. uh, to take decision. It was a great first exp- experience for me. And at some point, Roma has been uh, reached out by several um, companies. Um, so the NDA is out, is out now, so that's fine. So uh, electron- Electronic Arts reached him, uh, BlackBerry reached him to acquire part of, uh, of his technology. And at some at some point, we kind of we kind of decided to team up together uh, to uh, leverage this kind of opportunity to see if we could license out this uh, software uh, online emulation uh, tools. And this is this is uh, I would say the, uh, the very beginning of of Tatemu. And um, we wanted to to create a company that bring a new life to all uh, game. Uh, by merging uh, software emulation and um, content, but in in an official way. On my side, I was kind of more working on the um, licensing business. Uh, we raised a bit of fund. We win some award for innovation and all this kind of thing. And um, it took some time because um, when you... Yeah, you get out of school and it was engineering school, not a business school. You don't have all the know-how and everything. So it took us took us like three years to start to know about the video game market, mm-hmm. how it's working, uh, what is publisher, what is a developer. Um, and um, yeah, so, and it was not easy because the the IPs, the, the, the game that we we wanted to license was mostly out, out of France. Right. Uh, so that they were in Japan, in US, and all these kind of countries. So um, when you are 23, to, uh, 20, 22, 23 year, year, year olds, you go in the US or in Japan and say, hey, I want the license of Earth type. Can you, can you grant it to me? And uh, what's the guarantee about that? How can you, what kind of minimum guarantee could you pay? So obviously we cannot afford right. to, to pay in addition to the development MGs and all this. So... Yeah, that 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 was challenging at first. Yeah, um, and uh, if we go back and look at at the game that that um, Emu published back in the day, you can clearly see um, that the first ones were maybe uh, not that known, but eventually the star power starts to come in, and it it's sort of like from the outside, just looking, let's say, at a Wikipedia page, you can clearly see the evolution of the company. Going from okay, we're going to do this on a small scale, and then and then now we're going to start to get the big licenses and stuff like that. Was that was that what you were aiming for since the beginning, uh, like c- kind of growing your licenses and 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 becoming bigger and bigger? Yes, exactly. So really, the idea is that we needed to start at some point. So we work. One of the first game we work on is Nikki Boom. Uh, so it's a kind of a special game in our in our. For us, because it was uh, really, the, I think, I think it's pretty much yeah, the, probably the, the, the first game we work on, um, and um, it was a lot of responsibility, you know, for us because um, straight from the beginning we really don't didn't want to screw things up. We really want to do a good job, 
and but we also didn't really know how the market was working. Um, back in the day, uh, the app store did, didn't exist, and we kind of start on the mobile side. So we did a BlackBerry version, a Symbian version, which is uh, the Nokia yeah. or Nokia phone. And Palm version, Palm OS, we did the Palm OS version, that's crazy. We're not thinking about that back in the day. And um, we won a second best game of the year. Or I can't remember because it was a long time ago, so I was very happy. And when we launched the game, um, we kind of have some data to know uh, where the game was downloaded and so on. And the piracy rates uh, were 99%, meaning that we sold 1% wow. of the game and 99% was act, uh, mostly on Symbian. Mm -hmm. So it was a big blow for us. Um, and I, I would say that the first Marshall game that we managed to get is our type. Uh, so it's a fun story there. Um, so I'm, I kind of... Uh, Kind of um, a persist persistent person, so that means that uh, um, you know I kind of uh, keep trying to get some uh, uh, to get some some IPs uh, time after time, and it's really paid off in Japan because in Japan you need to uh, like you need two years, three years before a, a deal happens. And the first discussion we got in like 2007, like 10 days or um, sorry, two years or three years after payoff uh, uh, and we managed to get the, the license of our type which is not the extremely well-known ips for which game but still for i would say for some niche uh, for you know for in the shut them up area is still pretty, oh, pretty yeah. well established yeah. and um on the other side uh, we managed to uh, do a publishing deal with uh, electronic arts uh, with aa mobile and we did the, the game in, in between. So I would say that it's really the first project that uh, you know, helped us to come to see other IP owner people that got some retro game and say, hey, we want to move on. So then uh, after that, we managed to work on Another World with Eric Shari. We work on The Last Express, which is not so, so well known, but it's um, uh, Jordan Mechner, uh, the creator of Prince of Persia, that did it. So it was a very good experience to work with um, with him. And then we keep growing in, in, in terms of project side. Um, um, back in the day, we did half of the project we did was work for hire. Mm -hmm. And the other half was kind of... Um, we got the license and we did the mobile on PC version or whatever, and we, we publish it. Um, and on the work fire, um, we, one of the biggest projects that we, we got that really helped uh, uh, a lot was Final Fantasy VII yes. on Steam. So the, the, the remaster version, it's not, um, uh, I mean, the game is improved in, in many ways. So um, I cannot get too much into the detail about that, but what I can tell is that um, uh, there is strong technical limitation about this project. It was extremely challenging, and we needed to improve the rendering of the game. We needed to fix a lot of legacy issues, and that was, yeah, I think pretty pretty strong project for for us. Nice, um, yeah, that that. That's pretty cool. Eventually, um, .emu was sold. Um, was that something that you actively pursued? Like, uh, did you think about an exit from the get-go or is it just something that happened? That's a good question. 
Um, actually, um, pretty much at the beginning of the company, we, need, we needed to get funding. Um, so we did some pers personal loan, but it was not enough. So we need to raise up some fund. Uh, we raised some fund because um, we got some know-how in software emulation, and we kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of demonstrate investor how we can um, build value with this right. know-how. And so we raised some funds. So when you you, you raise funds, one very important thing to consider. And I'm also advising a few companies, so uh, so I help them in in this area. Is that the investor need to 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 have an exit at yep. some point? So it could be. Um, uh, there is value finds way to have an exit, but I would say for a small company, uh, it's mostly to be acquired by another one. Um, it's not so easy to uh, acquire the, 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 the share. Uh, you need to have a very, very profitable company because the investor would would want typically to have at least, I would say, between... There is not hard rules, but I would say that uh, below uh, 15 or 20 percent per year of um, um, I don't know the word in English but uh, uh, I mean uh, if, if the value they, they, they got is not more than uh, 15 or mm -hmm. 20 per year um, they, they, they would block the deal right. so just just to give just a feeling about 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 that so and it's cumulative. So that means that if if it's you are thinking about ten percent per year, after ten years, it's not one hundred. Uh, we need to do the calculation, but it would be like one hundred and fifty or something because, um, yeah, it's not, it's not linear. So, um, so at some point, we needed to make some choices. Um, also, one thing which is what that was difficult is that the publishing part was really something that we loved, but the work work for your part was not something that we kind of feel um, uh, very happy mm -hmm. about. Um, it was very good experiences to work with, uh, with Square Enix. We also worked with Ubisoft on uh, Heroes and Mathemagic 3. We worked with a uh, big company like that, but it's a lot of pressure, a lot of crunch, um, pretty much no control about, about the quality of, of the game, of our work, because we don't have much of our saying. I cannot get too much into the detail, but folks, for example, there is a great project that we, we work for like one one years, and at some point there is add-on. We, we really wanted to have all the add-on of the game released, so we came came to see the, the company that uh, paid us and say, okay, um, to add the add-on, it would be it was not crazy much. It was like twenty thousand euros or something like that, twenty k, and say, hey, we are okay. We just just pay us ten k. Uh, we would would lose money, but not too much. But uh, at least let us add the the paid um, the paid TLC. And they say, oh no, you it's complicated. You need to go to to upper management. The timing is too short, mm -hmm. and so on. And obviously, what happened is that the game has been released, and then people was pissed, and the rating was not good, and 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 so on and so on. So, uh, in addition to put a lot of stress on the company uh, on the people because we. When you have a deadline and you are doing a work for your job, you need to to hold the deadline. Yeah. So that means that you need to, at some point, we spend like one or two days uh, working, 24 hours, uh, staying. Uh, it, it was not frequent, but it was like once every like two or three months. And it's extremely, I would say, destructive. Yeah. It's not good for the team, not good for us, not good for the family and so on. And... Um, 
at some point, you don't create much values. I would say if you don't have choice because um, uh, you do some work for you and you can be lucky, you can find some uh, company that understands all this and could be flexible. But at some point, that's yeah, that was not the best. Yeah. So um, we were not, you know, 100%. Um, we, um, you know, we, we, we really wanted to sell the company at some point, but not at any prices. Mm. Um, we got a great team and, uh, to be frank, most of the time when you sell a company is don't work, it, 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 the, the future is not bright, uh, mostly for the people that is in the company. Um, so we are, we were very afraid about, about all this and, but at, at some point we needed to find a, a solution for the, for the investor. Um, so it took a lot, a long time, like two years or so we made like 10 company uh, that were interested. And um, uh, I would say that, for example, there is one company that was very, very interested. Um, however, um, at the second or third meeting, someone came and say, all right, uh, please have a list of all the company of, uh, of the, all the employees of the company and tell me about their added values and so on. And here are the list of my employees. Uh, could you list which uh, people we should fire when we acquire oh. your company? I was like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of looking with my, uh, with Ruma, I was like, okay, this, uh, I cannot, uh, you know, uh, uh, tell rude words yeah. on the podcast, <laughs> but you can imagine how we reacted. <laughs> and yeah, and, and in addition to that, the guys was very arrogant and so on. So we know that even if the amount was Quite interesting. Uh, it was uh, um, uh, really a, 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 a no for us. And honestly, we're, we're a bit lucky to find um, a serial family. So um, uh, the, the company that it's not really a company that acquired Dartemu is, is kind of a family business, a family of entre entrepreneur um, that um, uh, the. Uh, uh, the kind of uh, the father of the family mm -hmm. has been working in a very high uh, top high level management acquire a company sell them make them grow and so on and uh, his son was uh, starting to work in the video game industry already have some experiences as creating a few companies but it was difficult to, to grab and we honestly have, we have very very good fit um, so it's um, it's um, so Cyril Imbert who took back the company. Um, we really got a good connection. We sh shared a lot of values. Uh, he was also a fan of Japan, fan of retro gaming. And he also have something, uh, a very strong marketing vibes um, that I would say at the time was missing at the team. So we were not good at marketing, mm -hmm. to be honest. And he really got this know-how. And we say, hey, that's that's a good fit because at some point we we were also a bit on the corner at Dotemu. Is that back in the day when we start doing retro gaming, it was the pretty much nobody were doing this. Only Nintendo start to launch a virtual console. It was in two thousand six, but that's that was pretty much that. But um, when we sold the company in about two thousand thirteen or something. It was not mainstream, but 
everybody were doing retro gaming, Sega, Namco, uh, all these. It was getting more challenging to get IPs. Um, on the other side, we got a good reputation, so it's not not so hard. But the market was more challenging. And at some point, the team knew, we feel that the team needed to go beyond just porting retro game, but more doing a new version um, and so on. And and we stay in, in Dotemu at for a very short time, like two or three months. Um, uh, it was very smooth. Uh, all the employees keep uh, stayed in the in Dotemu. They get the uh, increase of uh, pay, um, they got more. Uh, they got paid more. They got more responsibility. New people, a new cash in the company, and we are very happy about um, you know how Dotemu keeps growing. So now they kind of. No, they they announced the Street of Rage Four yes. that's gonna release next year. They worked on Wonder Boy that has been um, number two top seller on Nintendo Switch. They yeah, there is a lot of projects that cannot discuss about about the team that is not announced, but I know that because we are very close to them. That there is huge project coming up. So um, yeah, I'm very proud that's how how we will took over the company and. Um, and yeah, for the story, we are still very, very close with Totemio. We're still uh, uh, working together on some projects. Um, and um, and yeah, so we, we have been a bit lucky about, about this part. Well, I mean, lucky, but also I would say very committed. I mean, I, I can tell uh, that there was a lot of work put into it. Um, the, the part that you said about, uh, you know, finding somebody that could not only buy the company, but also keep... Uh, the people employed and and keep a good culture and stuff like that. Uh, I think that's all. I mean that that all deserves respect. Um, how did you how did you went from dot emu to play digits? Because I think there's like a year gap in between the two. Um, what was that year like? Was that soul searching? Did you already know that play digits was going to happen? How did how did it come about? Yeah. So the initial plan was to take one year off. Uh, to do a world uh, road trip and uh, and all of this. <laughs> Very romantic. <laughs> yeah. However, I think that's pretty much the case for, I would say, most people that sold a first company is that you feel the stress after a few months. So you can you cannot feel at ease um, because you don't have uh, recurrent revenues. You are still, uh, you know, using the revenues that you got. Uh, to just for life expense, and so you don't feel like um, like in, in mm-hmm. vacation. Um, so um, Ruman did a lot of freelance version, uh, freelance work. Uh, you know, like some development and stuff. On my side, I do some uh, business consultancy and so on. I didn't really like this this part, honestly, uh, to, to work as a consultant. That's not my DNA. Mm. I really wanted to build up something more substantial. So in the end, I, we kind of sold the company in October uh, 2014. And so we stayed uh, up to like January something the next year. And we created uh, PlayDigius in May. So basically it was very short in, 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 in reality, the, the time where we... And um, so we was kind of thinking with, uh, with Romain... Uh, what we should do and since we got very good collaboration um and yeah just just a, a parenthesis um i would say that 
what is important um, when creating a company with a, with a, a business partner is to, to draw a clear line about who is doing mm. what. And what's good with uh, my collaboration with Romain is that uh, he got the total 100% lead on the technical thing, production and all this. And I, I got the total um, uh, overview of all the business and financial thing. Obviously, we are challenging each other. I am challenging him a bit on the technical because I have a technical background. And Roma is also ch- challenging me on the business side because you also have a, a business, you know, feeling about things. So, but we have a, have a clear position. So that's why we kind of team up again. It's not so frequent. Uh, typically, a uh, friend of mine that saw the company, um, there is usually some, you know, some um, situation and stuff and that like, don't then team up mm. again. So, but uh, yeah, that was pretty convenient. Um, so... When we established Platygios, um, we didn't want it to start uh, from scratch because we got family. I got kids at this time. My business partner also got kids on his own. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, we needed to get some, some revenues. So we needed, we needed to raise funds quickly right? Um, because it's difficult you know, to create a business uh, from, from nothing to be able to have uh, enough. We, we're not greedy. We, know we don't need a lot of cash. We're not paying high salary at, at Pledigius. Um, um, but at least you need to have some you know, to, to be able to, to live okay, especially when you've mm-hmm. got kids. So we, needed, we wanted to, to find this situation very quickly. Um, so what we, what we did is like, is to kind of have a look at what the trends were, um, what our experience at, at Dotemu, uh, what we learned from this experience, and see, um, see what we could do. So our idea was to have two projects. One very highly risky project, but very, with a very, very strong growth potential. And one other project that was pretty much very close to what we did in the past, that we have some network, some know-how, and kind of business where we don't conflict with .mu interest, because obviously we got a non-compete um, uh, mm-hmm. clause. Um, so that's, uh, and even if we didn't get the non-compete clause, we, we would not you know, um, um, take over and we do the same thing as as Dotemu. Um, so the solution we find and that we also share to Dotemu very quickly is to say, okay, let's do exactly what we did at Dotemu on Retro Gaming, but this time on indie game. So the only difference is that it's a more modern game where we manage the porting of the game, the publishing. We got we already have a good now on mobile. A, a bit also on console, not at, as much as a, um, uh, 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 in the meantime, the Temu uh, did a, a much stronger know-how on console, but uh, back in the day, we got a little bit of know-how. Um, on Steam, we were kind of quite used to this. And, um, and the idea was to say, okay, we'll, do, we'll spend uh, 20% of our time, 20 to 30% of our time on the, I would say, Easy business because we know that well, but we know that it's not innovative. We won't raise friends from that. We won't grow quickly from that. We need some time to build up step after step, to demonstrate to the, to the indie dev that we, we can take care of the IP, that we can build up business about that and 
all of this. So we start with small game in, the, in this space. We start on Pixacat, on Mechanic Escape, and game like that. And um, after we got some figures, we get bigger deal like Evoland, like um, uh, Oki Golf, and um, and so on. So it was growing. It's, it was doing fine. It was not. Uh, it was not enough to to fully rely on this. But um, it was some kind of security net. And the other 70% was much, much, I would say, much more dangerous, uh, ambitious. And basically, that was uh, um, an, another brand, which is not prodigious, that is called Ad Trail. And the idea was to say, okay, um, it's, 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 not, it's really not really linked to the prodigious business. Uh, I mean, uh, as of today, it was more like um, we know the mobile uh, market pretty well, and um, we know that the trend was the free-to-play. Uh, free-to-play game was really the the big uh, the big market, it's still yeah. the big market on mobile. And what we saw that is um, uh, the advertisement was very boring. So it's most of the time, it's just a pictures or a video, and when you see the pictures or the video, you click on it, you start, you spend some time to install the game, you 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 move through the tutorial, and then you you see that the game don't correspond, uh, don't, you don't like the game in mm-hmm. the end. It was not fun, and the idea was to say, okay, what if if we build up a technology that lets you try game instantly inside the ad space? So basically, to remove the boundary between the ads oh, and the wait. contents to bring the contents directly directly in the in the in the oh, ad wait. space. Was that you? Because and because that that pops up everywhere now, like where you can start to play uh, directly in the ad. Was that you? That's no, it's not <laughs> okay. us because otherwise. But you 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 will see. So back in the day, it was 2014, and I would say okay. At the time, it was pretty much non-existent. There is some kind of mini game that has been done, redone, but really, really bad quality. And it was absolutely not mainstream. Yeah. And we raised funds extremely quickly this time because we installed the first company and so on. And and even, um, it was not so easy. Basically, in, uh, we tried to raise funds in France because we built up this first prototype using cloud gaming. So basically, we did our own cloud gaming solution based on Android. So basically, we got some Android game on the web server, and we were streaming the Android game inside the ad spaces. And uh, with a time limit for like 30 seconds, you can try the real game. So it was different than the mini game that has been redone in, in the past. And um, and we built up a prototype very quickly, like in like uh, three months, four months. So, uh, so and um, we start we start trying to raise funds in Paris, but uh, in Paris um, we we got the feeling that it would it would taking long uh, a long time. So we start looking for a partner in December of the year, and um, after one month we say okay that's not the good thing, and. Um, um, my business partner Roma uh, wanted to uh, uh, just, uh, after we sold the, the company moved in um, uh, east of France a small city called Nancy mm-hmm. and we got the feeling that there there is much less startup much less you know growing company and so on and the, invest, the investor in east of uh, France 
was much more, I would say, uh, quick to reply, um, look much more interested. Mm. And so in January, we met like three investors and we got um, three proposals. So that, that went extremely quickly. And in April, we, we got the, the fund. So generally, it takes much more time. So January, first meeting, February, we signed the term sheets. April, it was the cash was on the bank. We put a lot of uh, pre- pressure to, to this investor and to make things uh, very quick. So, um, yeah, if, it, if I can share some advice uh, about, uh, you know, company that want to uh, raise funds and so on, I don't think about, uh, I mean, it's still a possibility, but look at a local investor mm. because local investor could be very, very strategic and uh, much eager to go there. So with this cash, we continue to grow this trial tech and it was um, to be honest, extremely challenging, um, both on the technical side. I would not go in too much into into the, that because that's not the goal of, of the of the mm-hmm. uh, podcast. But um, there is um, scalability challenge, uh, how to grow a cost challenge, how to reduce the cost of the cloud gaming uh, solution. Um, there was also um, display challenge, mm-hmm. how to display this kind of playable ad. And um, so we build up a website where people can uh, integrate an SDK. Uh, we did a lot of partnership, um, yeah, attribution and all these things. We ran something like 10 million um, cloud gaming sessions, so ad session. The result was not as good as we expected, but um, it was still pretty okay. So I would say... Uh, the difference between the video was not um, was not as huge as as we expected, but it it was uh, more performing than than in the video. And what we we have seen is that the, the the issue we got is there is existing ad spaces in video game. So typically it's a rewarded video or it's uh, you know display automatically at some point. And the problem is that the experience we wanted to bring where people can try a game uh, didn't really fit with the existing um, uh, ad space. So the conclusion at some point after a few a few years of, uh, of a tri- trial was that we needed to create a new space that people know in advance that it's a way to discover a new game. So it was some, a new button is, for example, a uh, uh, try game uh, to unlock this thing uh, in addition to watch a video. Um, and um, the, the, the fund and uh, all the energy that would need to be done. And yeah, um, we when we did, because um, the back in the day, I played it just a few years ago, we also work on free-to-play mm-hmm. game on mobile. So we use our actual technology to uh, to improve the revenues of our free-to-play game on one side and also to do some user acquisition. And when we create new ad space where people can um, decide on their own uh, will that they want to try a new game to unlock a virtual currency or whatever, the performance was like three time or four time stronger that uh, rewarded. And I think it was a win-win thing because uh, for people, it's it's better, you know, it's it's a good thing. It's a, uh, they could discover game without the the 
you know, the, all the, the, the drawback to install the game and so on. And they, if they don't like, they can shut the ad. But uh, yeah, I think it brings values to, to all this. And so it was like two years ago that we kind of came to this conclusion. And at this point, we needed to, to make a choice about what do we do? Uh, should we focus on a trial? Shall we focus on uh, the publish uh, publishing side? Because the publishing side was kind of growing after the success of Evolon and Evolon, Evolon 2. So yeah, at, at this point, we needed to make a choice. And uh, the choice was um, if we wanted to continue going at trial, um, we got two options. First option was to team up with a partner in the ad industry or to raise a lot mm. of funds. So, yeah. And um, I would say, so yeah, um, before this podcast, you sent me some leads about what we can discuss about. And one point suggested was a balance about, um, you know, uh, uh, personal life and, uh, and yeah. business and all, all this. And, um, you know, when you re really want to, you know, the atrial thing could, uh, could, uh, generate hundreds of millions uh, euros after a few years could, if we, you know, put the energy on it. However, uh, we need to dedicate it absolutely 100% of all our time. Um, to be efficient, so to sac to have to sacrifice everything and to be extremely ambitious, to take a lot of risk, to raise a lot of funds, to move to the US or I don't know or to China or whatever. Um, France was possible to stay in France, but really we need to grow very 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 quickly quickly because in the meantime, the what we call the what is now the playable business that was like one less than one percent of the market back in 2014. Uh, I would need to to check about the figures, but I would say that it's a it's a very very large major, good part. So maybe not half of the of the of the ads spending, but um, a very very strong share. Uh, more than ten, more than I would say more than ten or twenty percent. So it it's yeah it kind of skyrockets. So the competition was extremely fierce. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, we needed to make a choice there. However, there is two challenges. One challenge is that we really needed to, to do, you know, to, to dedicate everything for this project. And I would say um, that could sh uh, soon really not ambitious, but when we, uh, with Rema, you know, we, with my business partner, we, we tell, um, we share a lot of things, but not everything. Uh, we didn't want to uh, have too much impact with each other, but uh, I would say at some point we got to meeting, and, and uh, it was after some struggle uh, on the actual part, and um, and we um, say to we kind of look at each other and that we kind of understand each other and say, okay, um, we are not liking what we are doing, right? We don't like working in in the an industry. There is a lot of cash, but honestly. <laughs> That's really, really not what we like, yeah. and yeah, that, that that could sound stupid, you know. Uh, we could have gold. We have some gold in the end. Um, uh, it was very, very challenging. So maybe even if we raise funds and uh, do everything, because I see some company that do some stuff like that. Uh, we are not the only one, and some fade and uh, some succeed. But um, 
So I don't say that we, we could be uh, very, uh, yeah, extremely successful with that, but the, the, there would be some probability, I would say, at least. But honestly, uh, come, when you come uh, to the work, uh, come come to the office every day, and then that's your two-day task, uh, it's you don't really enjoy it, and you feel frustrated, and simply don't like what you do. Um, we kind of understood that that was really not yeah. us. On the other side, the publishing that was accounting for twenty percent of our work, um, it was I was. Um, I think we, we would have stopped at Trail much, much sooner if we don't have this publishing part because this is really something that we loved and we feel really pleased with that. So at some point, we needed to take uh, our decision and um, that was to to make a choice. And uh, it was a bit more than one year ago and the decision was to shut down at Trail. Uh, one opportunity would be to find some company to acquire at trial uh, because we got uh, we have been in touch with quite a lot of, lot of companies that wanted to acquire at trial, but we know how it is. It takes a lot of time. It takes one year or two years of hard work. And then if you set a tech, you need to put people on it. You need to update it. You need to follow yeah. up for like two, three years. Um, so that was yeah one of the hardest decisions um, on the business side, and still even today I, I am a bit frustrating frustrated about about that. But um, I think it's one of the best decisions we took to shut down um, a services that called cost us more than half million euros to say okay I'm losing all this money, and I allocate all the, the resourcing resources uh, that were working on Atrial to the publishing side. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a very a very tough one and um but um i would say just six months after we took this decision we got two good surprises firstly people that were working on atrial uh was very happy to work on the publishing side and even more than that they were more productive and they were more you know more into it more happy and so on and uh, because we are kind of you know, we have developer that was doing some uh, virtual thing, uh, a very high level of programmation, some stuff, stuff yeah. like that. So we feel a bit nervous to say, okay, you will do a part of the game after some high level stuff. But um, but yeah, we got a very good surprise about about this. Um, um, and uh, also, we decided to stop the free to play part because it was taking a lot of time, mm. and we were not that much successful about that we keep the free to play activity because uh, we got a trail and that the match was good and uh, so we decided to stop all the free to play and to reallocate everybody on the premium uh, publishing part and uh, honestly starting from this the company really skyrocketed mm-hmm. um, so right now Prodigious I cannot share exactly the figures, but we are doing two times more uh, revenues than what we did when we sold Dotemu back in the day. So, so yeah, uh, the, the situation is um, we have not been in, in, in such a good situation uh, in 12 years. However, uh, we are very careful because we know that if we are in a good situation and the video game market is, I would say, pretty challenging it's moving extremely quickly uh, so we need to be careful yeah. and um, so we should not uh, rely and I will um, 
yeah, we should not rely too much about what you are doing at a specific time and need to anticipate about about the future. Yeah. There is something that I, that I, that I want to kind of go back to that you hinted at at the beginning. You said, uh, you know, now I'm a family man. Uh, I have family uh, to provide to and all of that. So uh, this is interesting because uh, at the moment, I do not have a family, but I am an entrepreneur. And, you know, when I make decisions, uh, I might, you know, decide to risk more, risk less and stuff like that. But I, I kind of wonder... Uh, when you when you think about you know this other company, when you think about PlayDigits, when you whenever you make a decision, do you kind of is there a part of you that is like I don't want to take any risks because I have I have to have a revenue at the end of the day, or how do you keep that balance between uh, you know pushing forward, so trying new things, but at the same time, uh, kind of staying more on the safe on the safe side, sort of thing. Mm, that's that's a very good question. I would say that's the third reason why we sold uh, Dotemu. So at Dotemu, we got very low, I would say, comparing to... Uh, so we didn't get very high salary mm -hmm. uh, at Dotemu, even when we sold the company. So we didn't have much cash. Uh, and the good thing was to say, okay, I'm selling this company. I'm putting some cash somewhere. So it gives me more stability for the for the family. So I know that even if I get like one or two years between a, a few years, I don't have revenues. Uh, even if it's um, taking money from the capital uh, that um, I have saved, that's that's fine. At least I have some some mm -hmm. backup. So it's really up us to uh, be more at ease about that. So obviously it's not the case for everybody uh, because uh, uh, um, but you kind of work hard to to come to this point. So that's not easy to be honest. That's 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 really really not easy, um, and that's also also part. Um, so it's I'm not answering exactly about your question, but um, one thing we learned uh, at Dotemu is that we we really didn't like crunch time. Mm -hmm. You know, working tons of hours and so on. Um, yeah, I can say we are a bit lazy in some way. <laughs> But on the on the other way, it's not exactly lazy because when you work you work too yeah. much, you are not at one hundred percent of your capacity, yeah. and you are uh, taking wrong decision. And wrong decision, uh, typically a wrong decision is to take a work for your project. Um, that is not yeah. good because it's too too complicated. You, you get delay. Uh, you will end. Um, and what we create, Playdigest, the strategy was really to have. Um, you know, 25 hours a week, uh, not for only for us, but also for all the team. So um, basically, we work a lot about productivity, how to increase the productivity, how to, I would say, balance and uh, to, okay, uh, so we, st we stick to not too much hours to be able to have a good balance. But on the side, we want to be competitive with uh, all other companies that doing crunch time and all of this. And the solution we find is was to spend a lot of time uh, regarding process, regarding uh, reviews about what we did in the past, how we can improve this, how to no not lose time of some tasks that are not important. Uh, so I'm, I'm not saying that we refine the, the magic solution about that, but we are trying even even today trying to improve this at uh, at at produce so um 
getting this good life balance really helps. You know, when you have kids, you want to spend time time with your kids and so on. And the world we we created, Playdigious, uh, we. Uh, I would say that we are lucky because we can have this good um, work-life balance. However, contrary to to employee, um, even if if we are not at work, we are kind of thinking about business. We are answering emails during weekends and and, and and so on. But uh, we kind of put up put up some process and tools that could bring this kind of of balance. That yeah. So that's yeah. pretty fascinating. I, I mean, I I almost want to to do a whole podcast about that because. Um, that sounds, that sounds really interesting. I mean, it's sort of like the evolution that every company I think should make, um, nowadays, uh, everybody's sort of like stuck in the past. Um, you know, there's still people that frown upon, um, you know, remote working or stuff like that. Um, but it's good to hear that you guys are employing, uh, new techniques and you're trying, really trying to, um, get the best out of the resources you have and and have everybody you know get a give everybody a good life not only for you and your co-founder but also all the employees that that's very good uh, i kind of want to shift gears for a second because um uh, we're 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 reaching the end of the podcast and there is really something that i want to ask you um sure. uh, so uh playdigis is is famous uh, for being uh pretty much a premium publisher on mobile at least that's how it got popular let's say now you guys are expanding into other stuff um there is something that that recently happened on mobile which is apple arcade um so apple arcade is only one of the many subscription services that are popping up everybody's kind of doing it differently um so what i want to ask you is um, I, I I think that Apple Arcade is good for developers and publishers in the short term. What, what I what I'm not sure about is how is it going to affect everybody in the long term. So I don't know if you have any predictions or anything, but this idea that there's a hundred amazing games that people can have a, have access for nine ninety nine a month or, or less. Uh, I think you know that that's a shift. That's something new. So I wonder how it's going to change the premium market on mobile, how it's going to change the premium market everywhere else. How are your feelings? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. So, um, um, yeah, what what I told a few minutes ago is that um, when we shut down Atrial, we shut down the free-to-play, and we were only doing paid game on mobile, we knew that that's a dangerous situation yeah. because, as you know, market is changing, and um, we saw a lot of company, you know, that uh, developed for Nintendo DS, for example, and then the, the DS Gold Rush ended, and, and the company crashed, and so on. So that's the reason why we went also to the PC and console market because uh, if you are not too linked to a platform, it's much much more. Um, uh, it's much better, and in addition to that, it made it make more sense to be both on console and mobile for pay game than doing a free to play game and pay game on mobile. Because in terms of resources, you can share more, more know how and so on. And also, we also get the backup of Totemu that we can have access to a lot of contacts at Sega, uh, Sega sorry, at Sony, Nintendo, and so on. Know how partner on all all the country and so on. Um, so that's why we we went to this uh, to this direction. 
regarding uh, the mobile and Apple Arcade, um, we uh, we are uh, very um, uh, looking this very closely. So for confidential reason, I cannot uh, disclose anything about our project and Apple Arcade. Just wanted to say that uh, we are um, really want to work, to work at, on Apple Arcade as, at some point. I think. Um, there is, uh, I think there is a probability that we would be there. And um, one of our first concerns is that a few weeks before the launch of Apple Arcade, we launched our biggest mobile title ever, which is Dead Cell Mobile. Yeah. So Dead Cell Mobile has been more than a year of work, a lot of polish, a lot of back and forth, a lot of... And, uh, and we are very happy about this because the rating is extremely good. Uh, 4.8 out of 5 uh, as a worldwide rating on mobile. It was absolutely not obvious because it's, it's when you look at the game and say you really need to play with a controller, it would be a, a, a crap on mobile and so on. So we're very happy that people are happy about that. And um, so we carefully uh, do some stats and so on to evaluate the impact of Apple Arcade on the sale of uh, on the revenues of uh, of Dead Cell, but also Culture Simulator and other Evolan and other big game on mobile we work on. Uh, the conclusion that I can I can share um, without getting too much into the detail is that um, right now. Uh, uh, Apple Arcade don't have impact, mm. at least for the game we are working on, the kind of game on, I would say, strong IPs. So that uh, for Dead Cell, for Cutie Simulator, for Evoland, um, there is no positive impact, there is no negative impact. It pretty much didn't change anything. Interesting. However, however, I know that for a brand new game, I would say a bit smaller game, a bit like... Um, uh, game that typically small game that could typically be on Apple Arcade, I know that it could have an impact. However, it's difficult to, to know because uh, I have some friend publisher that say, "Yeah, uh, this this new paid game on mobile didn't really work. Uh, it's due to Apple Arcade." But is it really the case? Because if maybe the game would not have worked without Apple Arcade, so that's difficult to say. What I can say is that at least for now, we don't see any impact. Uh, also on the other side, there is um, Google Play Pass, which is way less, uh, um, there is way less marketing and know-how about that. But uh, basically it's launched in the US. What I can tell is that we have a few game on the services, uh, cannot share about the result and so on, but uh, whether, uh, um, it's different in, uh, than Apple Arcade in a way that it's just launched in the US, but for example, for Evolon, um, uh, people in the US have the choice. They can uh, subscribe to uh, Google Play Pass and pay, uh, it's $2 but per month, but it will be soon uh, $5, so $4.99, and have access to more than 100 games, including uh, Evolon, or to pay it, to pay for it. And um, we, at first, we believed that uh, to have the, the, the subscription um, option, people will go there. Um, and so that we do no revenues on the paid thing. It's, in this case, it has an impact on the paid part. I cannot disclose uh, to which extent, but it's not too bad. It's not decreased too much. About. And we get additional revenues there. So I would say that it's a, a bit too, too short to answer. Mm -hmm. But um, from what we expected, 
uh, it's way better than what we expected. So we, are, we, were, we were very afraid that um, it will strongly impact our business, but it's not the case. Right. Okay. Uh, that's great. Hey, uh, Xavier, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Um, thank you so, so much. You were uh, very quickly to respond, and it's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. Um, you can find Xavier on Twitter at XLD. By the way, great nickname. Only three characters. Uh, I guess that was very coveted. <laughs> um, and also, you can find, obviously, PlayDigis at PlayDigis.com. Uh, uh, is there anything else you want to say uh, to the listeners of the podcast? Um, yeah, I mean, if, uh, uh, if you can help, we also uh, like to, when, when we have the time um, to advise some uh, young developer that want to establish a company and so on. So uh, we have limited, uh, limited time, but um, feel free to drop us uh, a DM or send us a mail uh, if you want to have an advice about launching a mobile game or whatever. Um, so we would do our best to, to get some tips. Uh, because I think it's the it, it's also what we like in the game industry uh, versus the the ad business industry. The ad industry is honestly, personally, yeah, maybe it's not uh, uh, it's not the case for everybody, but for me it has been a bit awful. Mm -hmm. um, and the the game industry, there is a lot of people people team up a, a lot. I mean, in a way that uh, uh, people in the game industry are sharing a lot of data, are helping uh, each other. So. Yeah, if I can, if I can help on some point, uh, if we can help of some point, you know, feel free to to, to reach us. That's that's great. Uh, that's very noble. Um, and uh, thank you very much. Uh, and uh, I'll see you next time. Okay, thank you very much for inviting me again. And uh, yeah, have a good have a great day or evening. <laughs> you too, and you're welcome back anytime. Thanks. Mm -hmm.